Hello everyone, welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast on the Youth Critic Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Youth Critic Podcast. I'm your host, Kale Smith. Joining me this week is Diego Crespo. Hello, it is me. And Gina Versa. Hey, how's it going? Good to uh, see you guys again. Happy Easter, I guess. Ha- yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know if anyone celebrates it. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if any, I don't yeah. know either. Um. Yeah. But yeah, happy Easter uh, or happy late Easter because this will probably go up tomorrow. But yes, um, so thank you guys. Uh, you guys do a show, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we work on a show together called the Waffle Press Podcast. I'm sure um, you've been on there a few times, Kale. But um, if anyone doesn't know, it's a, a YouTube, uh, iTunes podcast. Um, it's also on Spotify that we've been running for the last couple of years it's very um we we try to make it unique we have interesting guests it's a pop culture um sort of more more on movies you know more than not and we just you know it's like this we're just hanging out and we're just talking about films and you know it's really casual and um you know we try to make it fun and unique it's not just us like reviewing films we try to like just talk about what makes them like so great or even like stuff we don't like try to highlight you know we don't want to be negative just try to like leave a very positive impression i guess when you uh when you listen so please do that awesome uh so what so guys uh what are we talking about today Uh, godzilla versus kong of course Mm -hmm. so uh so we have made it to the culmination of the legendary monster verse we have uh seen all four movies and um 
And just to kind of kick things off, um, starting with you, uh, Diego, what did you think of the culmination of the legendary monster verse? As a culmination of everything? I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a little bit of a mixed bag. And I think it's, it's not a great film, but it's a great time. I, it, it is so, I thought it was so much fun to watch. I thought the fights were better than, than I expected. I was not into the trailers. Uh, I'm not particularly into well, the, the one filmmaker. Trailer. Yeah. Well, there, there's like little TV spots that I caught yeah. and stuff too. But not, none of this stuff looked very particularly good. And I, I was like completely infatuated with it. it. For me, it totally delivered on just a goofy blockbuster that I would kill to watch in a theater if it were safer you know yeah yeah for sure definitely safe all right uh gene yeah um going into this i guess it, felt, it kind of felt like um i've been waiting for this a long time i guess since king of the monsters and um this film like almost it kind of felt cursed you know because it got pushed from i think it was going to come out like May yeah last march and then you know the pandemic hit and then it got pushed in november um, at some point and then it got pushed further and then it finally came out and um, it's been doing pretty well apparently that's cool Looks sure yeah, it's people like saving still... Hollywood yeah yeah it's like doing the numbers Tenet wanted to do I guess right uh, but, um, yeah yeah but, but yeah it was, um, excuse me hmm. um, yeah no I was I was really looking forward to this and I was not disappointed <laughs> so yeah I, I loved it Okay, so I might be the outlier here and just go ahead and say I was mildly, I think I am one of the few people that were disappointed by the movie. And I was really excited, you know. Um, I didn't, I really liked the trailer, even though it had a different tone than the other trailers. Um, and, but overall, I was, as I didn't, I don't hate this movie, especially now that I've seen it a second time on HBO Max um or thanks to hbo max um but also uh, i'm i feel like this movie got reworked a lot yeah and i and as its own as its culmination it's like the end of a four film france series or a four film phase if you will it's I don't think it works as well as they mm -hmm. thought it was going to. It feels yeah. almost divorced from those films. Um, other than the King of the Monster, like you know, the two characters from King of the Monsters coming back, it feels very divorced from everything that has happened in those movies. So uh, I just wasn't, you know, into so I really, especially the first time, I thought it was just a loud, bombastic like they really like reworked a lot of stuff and we'll get to the spoiler stuff here shortly but they reworked a lot of stuff here to undermine a lot of the you know character arcs that and i think there is a character through line in this movie but i feel like it's so undermined just to have the god just to have these two monsters fight each other mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah such a it was such a warner brothers like mandated like creative process that led to this movie you know 
like all the wb execs are just so like i think we said this before in many podcasts they're so soulless and like slimy and everything they're like it has to be two hours look producers are generally not like the people you're excited to work with right but like even the company because that's not what i'm saying yeah even that they're like so meddling though you like this movie like i guess i'm not sure if that's like a mandate now but like all the hbo max releases that they put on like mortal Kombat's like less than two hours this one was like under two hours well look look okay but if you're gonna have any movies like under two hours I don't want to watch a three-hour Godzilla versus Kong. Well, no, I, I don't, think I don't you, you have to make like a perfect film to me, or even right, Mortal Kombat, not... which is like a brain-dead action junkie like video game, which I love. Yeah, I you know that that serious. doesn't need to be an extended like film. No, the, no, saga, there doesn't. You know? no, there. I mean, doesn't like, but like two hours and ten minutes or something like. You know, you couldn't give them like ten more minutes. You know, to like tell us like who like some characters are, like. Like some characters in this movie are just there and then they just get killed and that's it. No, yeah, totally. Uh, and I, I don't think this is like a, a perfect movie in, in that sense, especially. And the seams definitely do show. And Kale and I were talking a little bit before we recorded too, but like, I think the film ends up working. Imagine how much better it would have worked if from like the ground up when they were developing this film, like in before first drafts even written in the writer's room, whatever, with producers, the whole team, if they had decided to streamline it as much as possible, because this does feel like, like a film with like chunks missing here and there. And I think to its benefit, it completely cuts for pacing and mm. like time. Some films can pull it off. I think the force awaken mostly pulls it off. Start like JJ Abrams movies generally pull it off. Right. Generally, how, uh, how long even, I don't think he even pulls it off that well. So yeah, how long was Force well, Awakens? This Force Awakens hour... is like two hours, fifteen minutes, maybe. Like okay, but like generally, like with if a if a blockbuster's cutting for pacing, like I think of the Shane Black Predator does not mm. work. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. A, a lot of these don't. Uh, Batman vs Superman. I don't think that the actual cut works. Justice League. No. Obviously not. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah but no, like. Yeah. Um, this one, I think the strength is that it's it's handled like you're watching a title fight. I think that's yeah. why, you know, Excuse its me. aspirations are like Godzilla and Kong are going to fight and there's going to be a winner and there might be other monsters in here, too. That's that's it. That's all it had to do. And I'm not saying I don't want more because I think the criticisms that we're discussing and Kale, I know, has a lot to say, too, are absolutely correct. And we should be demanding more from the big budget movies you know there's absolutely no reason why this couldn't be one of the greatest theater like one of the greatest films like in recent memory i think it's a pretty entertaining one maybe one of the most entertaining films in recent memory but there's no reason this can't be as good as something like pacific Rim. yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah and it's and to be fair to pacific rim like it also like that's a movie that develops its characters. It, it develops everything into something unique. And even the last movie of this franchise, the previous film, developed uh, characters and story and put in the work while also having a massive monster battle. No, like two or three different monster battles in the midst of it. And I know that movie was over two hours, but still... Mm-hmm. You know, it's still, it's like, you know, it's still a much better, uh, 
it's still a much better film than or a much more cohesive story than this and diego is right if maybe they had to set out to say okay we're just doing a 90 minute movie a 90 minute movie you know just to you know just so if people don't love it like you know myself and some other people that we know um they can say well it's only 90 minutes we got the good fights you know let's just go home or let's just you know turn the tv or turn the tv off if you will so it's just so that's where i'm at mentally so let's kind of get back into it um and talk about the director himself um what do you guys think of adam wingard directing this movie yeah he he knew the movie he was making for sure yeah i mean we we were in you know we were talking about like you know how whether or not like the mandates like were restrictive or not i'll say this the dude clearly can play ball with like the big studio stuff now i've only liked one other of his films so I think this is the kind of movie he should be making. I, I don't think he's the kind of dude that guides a story. I think he's like a, a journeyman director who works with more talented writers. And I, to be fair, his co-writer, I, I would say is talented. I think I can always tell when he kind of strays away from that. And it tends to not work, in my opinion, like the Netflix Death Note movie. Right. Or He, um, he really yeah. um, he kind of fits in the MonsterVerse though. Like just yeah, no, I, I, his his direction is, is not a problem. It's it's his his story stuff, I think, and I think he has a blind spot when it comes to people of color. Like at first, it was like kind of like a, like a you know yeah. a discourse about whitewashing with the Death Note thing, and here it's just like okay, dude, now you got to know better, and mm-hmm. it feels like it's still focusing too much on the white people. And I actually think the character stuff isn't like that, like yeah. bad yeah. here. I no, think it's yeah. actually pretty solid. It's just like why were the, the the antagonists like people of color mm-hmm. and yeah, like alexander skarsgård is is like a hero character here you know yeah whitey mcwhite is like whitey the, mcwhite yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah that's the other thing i was going to mention like two-thirds of like are the people of color in this movie are like um villains so i was like you know Eesh. it's just and you're just and the other third is like a crazy podcast conspirator conspiracy theory person mm-hmm. that millie bobby brown like just goes with because the plot said so mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the plot told her to i guess and no no you know what i told that i totally buy i think the two main kids her and gia the the one played by an actual deaf actress which i thought was was cool um mm-hmm. i think the kids get the best stuff for the human stuff a lot I, I was actually right. very moved emotionally by the relationship between kong and this young girl and madison i think actually makes perfect sense because now she like reveres godzilla she understands that godzilla yeah. doesn't care about people but he also wouldn't like go out of his way to just cause destruction there's like a method to godzilla as like a representation of like the earth and like the ecosystems if there's mm-hmm. something amiss godzilla will come out and like destroy something then you know so like yeah equalize the balance yeah well Mm -hmm. you have to remember i mean madison as a character she had a front row seat to the last movie and so she got you know basically our almost sort of our experience as the audience uh into understanding kong or not kong godzilla more of his Mm -hmm. method and his in like 
because I mean Godzilla, his method, the reason why he's going after Ghidorah and uh, Rodan uh, are, you know, it's because of balanced nature. So, mm-hmm. and also I'm sure like that's part of her, you know, being with her mother and Monarch. So I mean, it it makes natural sense for her to question it. It also makes yeah. no sense for Kyle Chandler to not. But I'm getting into like the <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm yeah. getting into like the the plot contrivances of this movie too much. But no, no, I I agree with yeah. you on that for sure. I, I don't know why Kyle Chandler was such a small part of this film. No. Mm-hmm. Well, the only reason I can think of is Adam Wingard is trying somehow to continue the Gareth Edwards. motif of like you know the like corporations or not corporations organizations don't matter in the grand scheme of disasters Mm -hmm. or like military all that stuff it doesn't matter and i think by keeping monarch out of it and making apex the central character the central thing because they are the uh, the catalyst of the plot uh, mm-hmm. I think he's just trying. I think he's trying to continue the motif, but then again, it's very much like it's still like we're. I'm really stretching to that theory out mm-hmm. because I don't know. I don't know if anyone because I don't know if a lot of people actually have understand Godzilla. I don't know if a lot of people understand Godzilla. You know, Gareth Edwards Godzilla in that way. I know you guys do. I know you guys do. Right. Know a couple of our other colleagues do, but I don't know if everyone got that from that movie. Yeah, and I, I would say that's like a failing of like just yeah how to like engage with art and stuff like that because that movie doesn't explicitly state like oh god Godzilla is now a representation of like like uh, the ecosystem's balance. You know that film opens with like vast like forests and then ends with Godzilla going back into the ocean and like the water settles that's intentionally the last shot because it was like okay everything mm-hmm. is okay now everything's there's going to be an era of calmness now and then other people were like but i didn't see enough of the fight and it's like okay that could be like a criticism but that's not that's not why they, yeah. that director made that movie that way you know it wasn't an accident you know i mean of all the problems godzilla has that's like the least of <laughs> that's like the least the least big thing you can draw from so um yeah yeah it's but yeah and for me it's uh it, it really you know i and i do have positive things to say but it's mostly mm-hmm. spoilers but the last negative thing i will just say is i wished there was more of that human element that we saw in kong of king of the monsters but then mm-hmm. um but then again that was the thing everyone hated from the last movie everyone has right. hated the king the human element in all these movies so you can't blame them for reworking all that stuff out but you know there's so many interesting ideas going through all this you know i i can't take credit for this finding but uh Mm -hmm. someone on collider pointed out that all of the characters except for uh damien bashir and uh elsa gonzalez's character i hope i pronounce uh isa gonzalez isa gonzalez okay um they are they're the only two people that are a family still and they're right and they are not representing they're taking for granted the family they have yeah that you know well also what's his name too uh ren sharizawa even though you don't you know it's not really like apparent that it's ren 
It's uh, he's related to a Serizawa, but you know. Yeah, I mean that's supposed to be his that son. Was so but weird. Again, yeah, we, that was that really but, annoyed me. No, but here's the thing: I I think that's a genuine problem with the movie. But we also only know that because we're loser nerds that look this stuff mm-hmm. up online. In the film, I think they intentionally tried to cut that out because yeah, why? it wasn't working. All and right. so I, I'm wondering how much we can actually blame the final film for that. Because if they recognize that it wasn't working and we're trying to like mm-hmm. fix it by not having that connection be apparent. Yeah. I, I'm willing to like not have that be a grievance you know at least for my enjoyment of the film if someone like knows that and it's like a deal breaker for them because the serizawa character is so intrinsically tied to godzilla i'm mm-hmm. not gonna fight anyone you know like that makes total sense yeah. to me that yeah. is a problem with the movie for me but like also i don't know it, it's, just kind of, it's a complicated thing this movie mm-hmm. is a mess to be fair it, it is it is a messy messy film <laughs> that i just happen yeah, yeah. to really enjoy <laughs> Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a messy movie, but it almost wears the movie down because there's just so much. Like the one moment, there's just a lot to keep up with, and then the next mm-hmm. moment, you have something really stupid happen that you're just like, "Wait, what just happened?" <laughs> right? Um, yeah. Um. I mean, it, it, we'll get to it in a minute, but there is, but yeah, it was just stuff like that's just like. That's really silly, uh, especially with Alexander Skarsgård's character because it's like the movie establishes him of having a purpose because he's like the expert of the hollow earth. But then he, like when they get there, he contributes nothing to mm-hmm. anything that's going on. Mm-hmm. And they had the vehicles. So I, yeah, I'm... You know, Whitey McWhite doesn't Whitey. add up in this movie. <laughs> that that I need to use that term more because like Whitey McWhite is just the best uh yeah nickname I could have think of. <laughs> yeah, and I, I like Skarsgard as an actor. He he's up next in uh Robert Eggers The Northman, his next film. And I'm like super hyped he? for that. And I'm sure he's gonna be fantastic in that. And he's not even like bad, it's just like no, yeah, Kaylee, you totally brought it up like perfectly. It was like, you know, they hire him for this and then he gets there and doesn't do anything. And like he do- he has like somewhat of an emotional arc where he's like uh, he he's got to kind of like dig himself out of this hole like this depression hole he's got the alcohol beard whatever and then he's got to be the one to save Kong when he's the guy mm-hmm. who's manipulating them to get Kong to help right. that's like yeah, that's it's like a something good, it's good yeah, enough that's good enough it's, it's, it's good enough but, the, but Kale's <laughs> right the problem is that like there's that middle chunk where he doesn't do anything. <laughs> Yeah, and that's yeah. what's missing from the movie is all this, you know, connecting tissue. As much as we give grief to uh, Snyder for all of his lack of connecting tissue and his theatrical cuts, it's very much missing here of like emotional connecting tissue. Like we don't know, like like you, like I mean, we do get a connecting tissue between uh, Gia and Kong. That's the, yeah. but that's mm-hmm. it. That's really- yeah, as someone as someone that's liked the characters in these kaiju movies, and I do mostly like them here too, honestly. Right. That G is the best character this in this franchise, like yeah. the best human character, like bar yeah, I none. Like, I like Madison enough in this movie too. Like I think I don't know Punk what was that Madison? criticism. What's that? Punk rock Madison. Uh, oh yeah, she's she, punk rock now. Yeah. Is, she, is she okay? Yeah, I guess if she is. Or I like the the kid from Deadpool too, Julian. Julian Dennison. Yeah, he's great. 
Yeah, he, um, he's good. Uh, again, another character that's like not really that important, right? But yeah, also, like, well, I was gonna say, I was whatever. gonna say though, for those two characters, like, hey, like, you know that popular, it's like you know that popular kid from Stranger Things. Let's let's get them, and then like you know that popular kid from Deadpool. Let's like pair them up, see what happens. <laughs> that's what kinda, I kind of felt yeah. with, with them. They're like, oh, these two. What happens when these kids like hang out? <laughs> and you know yeah. what? To to the credit of Julian Dennison, who doesn't get a lot to do here, all of his other characters have been like very similar, you know. Mm-hmm. And here he finally gets to be like, well, what if it was just like a normal kid caught up in this? Yeah, he's just like, what? What? Are, what's wrong with you people? Yeah. And like I, I said it a bunch, and and Gene and I just did our episode on it too, and I believe it'll be going up the same day as this. Then, um, but like I, I mentioned that like it, it feels like a a movie from like 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 from the vhs days where i would have worn out the tape this would have been my favorite movie as a kid right yeah 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 and you know yeah it would have i don't know where it would have sat on my vhs shelf but because i did not i didn't get to uh kaiju movies until like like it was eight or nine um Mm -hmm. maybe ten but yeah this would have been a fun movie to watch. Actually, this whole monster verse, I think, would jive better. Uh, I would yeah. love to. I mm-hmm. would love to sit my cousins down one day and just like you know, just like, just try it out. Like, just take notes. Like, get a lab coat and take notes. And yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just you know, I would. But yeah, I would like to see how this fits now. But I don't. But for me, is you know, a, as a as a uh, adult, I'm just like, so how does this all fit? Also, why is Me- also Mecha Godzilla's here now all of a sudden, and he's like got a rushed intro. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I know like Mecha Godzilla doesn't need to have like a deep you know emotional backstory because uh, he's a robot, um, but still, it's. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, in this hour 50-minute movie where we have Hollow Earth, Kong, and Godzilla, and then all the characters here, let's just throw mm-hmm. in Mecha Godzilla just for good, you know, the only like the con of the kaiju universe, if you will. Um, so let's throw that in there just for you know good measure. So right. yeah. And I you know, I just I lo- I loved when they fought Mecha Godzilla, like that scene amazing what an amazing scene just it's everything i wanted in this movie and it's, you know the fact the fact the fights are so choreographed too you know we're actually interesting and use like space and their environment great it's fine um i'm just not like i i don't think i'm a fan of the cgi because it doesn't like it feel like everyone's moving so quickly mm-hmm. and these are like extremely heavy objects but that's just my a little thing. No, I'd, I'd agree with that. Like um, in Pacific Rim and Godzilla 2014, which I think are far and away the best of the 2010s kaiju stuff. Like, there's no comparison. the The movements are much heavier. The Earth shakes like a lot when they're walking and stuff. And like it mm-hmm. should, you know. Not that I want realism all the time with my movies. Again, I am a fan of Godzilla versus Kong, which is not realistic at all. And I'm right? Totally no, cool yeah. But yeah. like. I think some of the movements are a little too fast and, and some of them are a little lightweight, but I mean, Gene brought up a good point too. Like the environments are, are exciting. The fights are consistently like of not evolving so much, but like they're, they take advantage of the space a lot. And um, 
the camera is very like hyperactive. This is cinematographer Ben Saracen who helped guide the look of this film comes from the school of Tony Scott. He worked with both Bay. Tony Scott and Michael Bay. So that's mm-hmm. probably like his influence. This definitely feels like a more controlled Michael Bay type film. Um, this doesn't even come close to Tony Scott film. Sorry, but no, the, the English master of action right there. Uh, rest in peace. But like, I don't know, like I've seen a lot of comparisons to Pacific Rim because it is a very colorful film too. And Pacific Rim is such like a beautifully crafted film where the color schemes relating to like the fights and like there, there's a texture to uh, mm-hmm. the monsters versus the the mechs you know and so it's like it's a contrast between like civilization and nature there and here right. it's just like adam wingard likes neon colors and let's put it on everything to make them as exciting as possible and i think yeah. it works it That's does totally yeah. fine you know but it, it's not the same level of, like genuine artistry that Pacific Rim has, you know. I, I think that's a stretch too far. Well, to be fair to Wingard, I mean, even like the Middle Earth or sorry, Hollow Earth um, stuff looks different than all the Apex stuff. Like Apex, yeah, yeah, bleak, like Disney Star Wars ride look to it or new car look to it, and uh, and then you know Hollow Earth has this you know Avatar look to it, and then. Uh, and then, of course, the military stuff has that, you know, military look that we've seen in all the other Godzilla movies. Um, and then, you know, and then, I mean, there's genuine homages to Kurosawa, you know, with the stuff with the girl. I mean, this the greatest shot in the movie is the little, is, uh, it's Gigi, right? Or Gia. Gia. When she goes into the rain, you know, in her trench coat, it's, I mean, that is a beautiful slow shot that lingers on just the majestic, majesty of, you know, that presence. And, you know, it, it adds depth. Like Ben Searson is kind of the MVP of this movie. I know like the neon of it all can be over, can be overdoing it, especially right. since the neon kind of still shows up in what would be the wrong places kind of sort of um like the the chinese restaurant scene with uh yeah. right yeah. yeah and i mean like to his credit also like the human stuff does as much as i i don't think it's a problem it does still tend to be like the least engaging and so he's yeah, like what can we do to make it engaging let's set it in a in a he loves his neon. That's his whole thing. He loves John mm-hmm. Carpenter. It comes up in all of his films. The score, so I was going to say, this, the, the score to this is very Carpenter-esque. Yeah, um, shout out junkie. to Tom Helkenborg, Junkie um, XL, also yeah. known mm-hmm. as. Yeah. Um, but was there really that much neon in John Carpenter movies? Um, I was just, I was just saying, like, for the score, um, oh. I don't know. I mean, for, I mean, I think, like, Escape from New York, there was a yeah. lot of escape from yeah. new york it depended on the movie uh, yeah sure. i mean 80s i should say 80s but like his big influence is john carpenter and like hey if you're gonna if you're gonna riff on anyone might as well go for one of the yeah. best yeah absolutely i mean but yeah so yeah i mean i like i mean i like the neon look it added a different texture mm-hmm. because now each movie has a different aesthetic um which is i mean that's a lot better than what we can say about other uh, marvel or cinematic universes i didn't uh-huh. to drop that <laughs> it's better than others but you know hey you know I mean, it's good um 
But yeah, I mean, even like, you know, if there was any complaint I would say about King of the Monsters is I don't like how rain and smoke is used because it kind of fogs up the action. Like it kind of makes the action hard to follow. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, the action is still, like, you can tell which is Godzilla and which is Ghidorah, obviously. Um, but, I mean, still, like, the rain and mist, just seeing it, you know, I mean, I mm-hmm. was watching it on my TV, but still, just seeing it was, like, like, I can't, this is hard to keep up, even though one monster has three heads and the other has one head. So, uh, here, with the neon, look, everything is still easy because it's so, it's very well lit. You know, Kong has a more older look to him, older, like, fur, you know, fur look to him. And then Godzilla has, like, the crumpled, like, you can visibly see, like, the radiation on his face. Like, the radiation, like, the cancer spores on his face. Like, mm-hmm. that, and I thought that was, you know, very interesting. Like, the contrasting of, like, nature versus the monstrosity of radiation yeah um so that's what i really liked about it and but yeah i think ben searson does a good job um i like um junkie or not junkie so dom elkenberg's score for justice league a little better but i mean it's still doing really good work here like the fights have still like energy to them because of the music the music is driving everything but, right yeah that um tom he's been doing um so he's been on such a such a uh like crazy uh like like round of like good movies lately he's been attached to like hell yeah well even yeah like, yeah well he, he's done like uh mortal engines another flawed movie that i really like which has a really good soundtrack alita battle angel terminator mm-hmm. dark fate which i i can't really remember the music from there sorry um, but yes, Justice League, which I thought had a really good score. I, I really liked it here. I'm not a huge fan of his. I really like, like, you know, for all the talk I love about like the fights and stuff like that. Um, the moment I think of the most is when Kong is running through the hollow earth with like that Frank Frazetta style imagery. And it's yeah, like, is, that yeah. a, is that a light that source? Is that me... sun in the hollow? It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It's so cool. And his music, like carrying the images it's like whoa yeah or i I want to see a movie entirely about that you know and i and i love like all the themes like mecha godzilla's theme you know it's just like i think it was just called mega or mecha it's just amazing yeah i I will say i i I, king of the monsters still has like just the best fucking score ever (laughs) sorry Mm -hmm. like I, i i think that like blows this one out of the water Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Bear McCreary is like one of the best working today. Um, but it, this one's really good too. Uh, I, I yeah. wish there was a little more incorporation of those themes uh, just evolving and whatnot, because that has like a really specific tone and a really specific like uh, balance between like the orchestral. Like I, I wish Godzilla had more of the orchestral stuff and Kong got more of like maybe the synth stuff like Mecha Godzilla did just because it's mm-hmm. more human oriented um mm-hmm. but again that's like so something else i would have liked just doesn't detract from how good his work is here right i mean to be fair to each you know composer like they're each director kind of hasn't been creating a through line through each movie they just kind of been hiring like really good composers to just make scores 
because yeah. nothing from Alexander Alexandre Desplat score uh, from Godzilla makes it in any more anywhere of these movies. And then mm-hmm. I mean, like no, there's not a Godzilla theme other than the, of course, the original theme, uh, the OG theme that really you know permeates any of the other films. Like it's right. So there's so neither character really has a central theme that carries from each movie but then again like i said this movie's almost divorced from all the other films so and that's it's uh, and that's its own you know and you can see there's a problem or a strength um but and and that's genuinely like how i feel how i feel about it it's a good score it's just not it's very loud and you're right about Junkie XL. Um, mm. He kind of elevates some of the, you know, flotter, more flawed movies. Even though right. I don't remember his Dark Fate score at all. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't either. It's just noise. Right. Just- yeah. And I mean, look, like the dude worked on Mad Max Three Road. I feel like anyone who worked on that film gets a get out of jail free card forever. You know. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean. Yeah, uh, it he yeah absolutely. I mean, can't wait for the next one, Furiosa. Wish Charlie Theron was in it, but you know, hey, whatever. Yeah, it's, I mean, if it's a prequel though, you can't really, you can't really have her around. I guess. I guess, George, are you okay? We don't need prequels. Mm-hmm. You okay over there? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um. So, in do y'all want to go ahead into the spoilers? I know we kind of spoiled the Mecha Godzilla thing, but do y'all have any more points that are spoiler esque? Uh, no, just Mecha Godzilla. I, I, yeah. I was worried about how they'd handle it, but I yeah, really I was, liked it. <laughs> yeah, I was going for um, I really wanted Destroya. I'm not sure if anyone's familiar with that kaiju, but um. The fact that they had Mecha Godzilla is like, all right, that's cool. Because like the BVS analogies of like having Destroya, like the only creature that killed Godzilla, um, be like the doomsday for this movie. The only creature that killed Superman would have been dope, but kind of is what it is, you know. Oh yeah, that's another thing. So the poster said one will fall. They're still yeah. standing. No, Godzilla. I mean, uh, King Kong got fucked up, though. Yeah, like, <laughs> I love. I love when they're fighting. Godzilla just st- like stomps on him, like stay the fuck down. Mm-hmm. That was great. Yeah, and I, you know, to to your point, Gene, like, you know, Mecha Godzilla, the history with that that monster is like, oh, it's like aliens and shit. And like here, they at least like try to unify it with some semblance right. of reality. Yeah, you know, like their own reality, but it's it's intrinsically tied to like. Oh yeah, mankind's fucking around again. You know, mm-hmm. it's exactly. corporations fucking shit up for us, and so exactly. Godzilla has to come in and be the equalizer or whatever. Yeah. And so like you know, like that, it, that totally tracks. Like, how do you even bring like Destroya into this? Do that for for another one because we're probably gonna get another one now. You know, mm-hmm. Dude, yeah. save that guy. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. That's the other thing too. Like the corporation is pulling like a. Jurassic Park kind of thing of like trying to control nature uh, and trying and all but also like trying to be the head of nature the head the Lex Luthor if you will of nature so 
Um, but yeah, that's just, you know, and I mean, that's another thing that just gets brought in and brought out. Again, mm-hmm. to Diego's point, this movie is just like, just give us monster fights, just give us monster fights. Um, and yeah, the only other thing yeah. I would like to mention is that so Godzilla like blasts a hole in the earth and reaches the center of it. And that's what yeah. gets everybody to, to Hong Kong. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not a very that's not a strong point for sure. That is unbelievable. It is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in a film. And I gotta be honest, I loved it. It's totally a problem. Like with like mm. uh we, we just we need everyone in, in Hong Kong for the finale. Okay, that's how they get there. It's like wow, that's I kind of love that that's there, mm-hmm. you know. For and sure, like, yeah. And then it's also like Okay, so one, we are, Kale already pointed out, we didn't really need that dude for the Hollow Earth. Two, so they go through that Pacific Rim-style portal through the Hollow Earth. Then three, Godzilla just burns a hole through the center of the <laughs> Earth, and now they, they don't need to go through that portal to mm-hmm. equalize gravity or I, I don't know. So... Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I, lo- I love it. It's ridiculous, you know? It's the right kind of ridiculous for this movie. It doesn't work in 2014 Godzilla, but none of this stuff would. Yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, it's a pro. Yeah, it doesn't work at all. But I think it's interesting. So I just wanted to point out because it's like that's the moment where I was just like, I if there was a moment to throw a notepad in the floor, like mm-hmm. come on, really? <laughs> right. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, this movie's filled with it though, you know, because it's like. You know, and they're like, oh, that's Robo-Godzilla. And then our boy Ricky Baker from Hunt for the Wildepeeper is like, no, that's Mecha-Godzilla. <laughs> it's like, dude, it doesn't matter, but I love that that line's in there, you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, this movie has, it, it's very hokey. It's all yeah, very it really hokey. Is. It really but, is. But it's anyway. kind of what I think we needed right now. Yeah. Know? Why not? Like, just something to get your mind off of certain events. Yeah. 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 And... I just wonder if this one more question. Well, actually, a couple more questions for you. This podcast. Do you think we would be like? I don't want to say docile, but just like more accepting of this blockbuster if we weren't in the mid, if we weren't in the middle of a pan, pandemic where there's like nothing. Probably not. Uh, I I I think the reception would be more mixed because uh, this I would say it's pretty positive the reception to this generally mixed to positive but mostly positive right like it not just because it's a hit of the box office but i I also think that like if it wasn't for like the world basically being post-apocalyptic now that uh people would not really be interested in this but then again there's only been one other godzilla versus kong movie how many godzilla movies have there been you know that's why Mm -hmm. the king of the monsters has been performed that's why kong skull island was such a hit because, like, I mean, it wasn't, like, a, a runaway hit, but it did better. It's the best grossing film in the MonsterVerse, you know? And it's, like, there's only, like, a handful of King Kong movies, and we've never seen one that took place in the time period. That was, mm-hmm. like, an exciting prospect. And, and so I, I think all those things kind of, like, coincided perfectly for the release of this film. So people want to be swept up in the magic of the movies. People want to see something not too complicated and this movie is not complicated at all it's just a giant monkey hitting a giant lizard so Mm -hmm. it all just worked out yeah 
And then if there is another movie, what should it be? And who would y'all, like, who would y'all want it to take over? Who would you want to take Me? No. Um, no, no. Well, I mean, that's an option. Just, just like more <laughs> monsters. So like Anguirus or Gigan, just like really different sort of creatures from the Tohoverse that we're not, they didn't have the rights to, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, okay. I'd like to see. Uh, I, I know people were mixed on like the Mutos being an original monster. Just because I know they only did that because they didn't have the rights to Toho monsters. But like, have someone come up with a new monster? Why not? You know, mm-hmm. do, do that. I, I would like to see. I brought it up on our podcast as well, but I'll bring it up here. Uh, there's an episode of the Godzilla animated series from the late '90s where there is a like a ringleader kind of forcing kaiju to fight each other in like a fighting pit. And they were like profiting off that, right? And like, mm-hmm. obviously, it's like giant kaiju gladiators. Do something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like Godzilla versus Kong, or Godzilla and Kong versus something else, you know? Maybe mm-hmm. don't do standalones anymore because I feel like the half the world has been destroyed already. I don't know how much else is left standing after these movies, but uh, yeah. you know, get, keep getting excited for it because I, I at the very yeah. least like or dislike individual entries in this franchise they're all radically mm-hmm. different films yeah yeah pizza is too close to home <laughs> so <laughs> uh yeah please yeah although that was kind of funny pizza just like a random place to go mm-hmm. um but hey that's that's neither here nor there but yeah so i kind of just would like yeah i would i would agree to those sentiments um but would there be anyone particular you would like to direct or take a like take the reins of the next one i have one i have one in mind but y'all go ahead bong jun ho i'm not even kidding Um, i I think he would be a fantastic choice well diego that's a very (laughs) that's great but that's a very obvious choice for the host Oh, I guess so, huh? Yeah. I don't know uh, if you top that one. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would choose, like, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of, like, I guess, like, just off the top of my head, like, John Favreau with the Kyrat dragon, like, really showed how he could do monsters in that episode. Nah, Amanda. I'm, I'm drawing a hard line. No more white dudes directing me. Sorry. Oh, well, I, John, yeah. just, this, just Mine wasn't, yeah. you're, you're, inter- you're interrupting me now. No, I'm just trying, saying, to, I'm just trying to get my, trying to, I don't know, like, Gendy Tarifkowski. I was just thinking, like an animated Godzilla movie, Gindy, from uh, from Samurai Jack. Um, again, huh? There's probably some more, um, like that I could think of. Um, like I don't know, Kojima, maybe. <laughs> just there you go, just random things. Um, I would give it to you Kathy like Yon. Okay, yeah, Kathy Yon's pretty to, good. To who? Kathy Yon. Is it young? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if she'll um, want to work with Warner Brothers anytime soon, but I would love more Kathy on films. So, oh, is there more to Birds of Prey that I don't know about? Mm-hmm. It, was, um, it was just hard. It was, it was just a hard production for her. Yeah, I can see that, but that's yeah. Um, I, I would definitely give it to. I would definitely give it to her and, um. But yeah, I mean, I would just kind of want to see more, you know, definitely not Whitey McWhites. 
because um, I do think that's because I think there's more to say. You know, there's mm. more to say than just what Whitey McWhites have to say. Um, mm. But you know, that's just my. But you know, I don't know any other. The only other filmmaker that's you know that white that might that would probably take my cake is or uh david fincher that would be the only one like let david fincher direct another blockbuster mm. but uh, yeah even then but even then diego has a point so um uh so i'm sticking with kathy yon here all right um, although again yeah gindy would be good um yeah. all right i think that covers godzilla versus kong um all right so again uh um gene diego do y'all have a show mm-hmm. yeah we um, got, yeah we, yeah, we got we do. got the waffle press and uh you could listen to us talk about other older films like peter jackson's king kong and talk, talk about uh recent films like Godzilla vs. kong uh the snyder cut of course other stuff coming up in the coming months uh legend of Korra retrospective coming up soon uh, you can mm-hmm. prepare for that by listening to Avatar The Last Airbender retrospective, including the Shyamalan film. And we'll talk about why, unfortunately, it's, it's you know, just, just reputation precedes it. Um, but yeah, ton, tons of fun stuff. Just come hang out with us, listen to us, talk to, to other people in the creative arts industries. And we'll talk about how how the, the, the bread gets made and the meat gets bought or whatever the saying is. Meat gets packaged. Yes. Sure. I trust sure. you. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. All right. Awesome. And uh, starting with you, uh, Gene, where can the good mm-hmm. people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Gene9892. All right, Diego. You can find me at the Diego Crespo. Check out the Waffle Press also. Again, I, I'm so used to doing my, my outro. I apologize. But yeah, mm-hmm. at the Diego Crespo on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. And then you can find me on Twitter at MovieKale. Thanks, everyone. Uh, We'll be back with you guys soon for another podcast. Bye. These are dangerous times. Godzilla's out there and he's hurting people and we don't know why. There's something provoking him that we're not seeing here. I'm of the same opinion. There was a war. And they're the last ones standing. I keep reaching for greatness because I'm built from it. Who bows to who? Nobody gonna stop for me. Kong bows to no one. Here we go.